Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Wednesday, June 1st. Happy Rent Day. And the weather here in Edmonton is going to be 20 degrees today. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're broadcasting live as we do every morning on the Podbean app. All you got to do is just download that Podbean app and uh, search for Real Estate Investing Morning Show. And you can join in live. You can join in on the chat. And as well, um, you, there's a call-in button. You can click that call-in button and uh, call in and ask any questions you have about real estate investing for free. We will answer them every morning, Monday through Friday. Free coaching. It's a place to be. Um, just reading the comments here. Everybody's saying good morning, rise and shine. Seeing all the regular people and a few new ones. This is awesome. This is awesome. I was just actually just making a few notes here as uh, Gabby was talking. And I, didn't, I didn't finish. I Do you need a minute, Wayne? Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> I was just, um, I was trying to remember what we were doing for Friday live training. Mm -hmm. Um, I was saying, what are we doing for Friday live training again? So I had to look it up and write it down. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the upcoming events here on Friday, uh, in the real estate investing masters Facebook group. Every Friday we do live training. And, uh, this week we're going to be covering attracting joint venture partners through social media. Hmm. Hmm. Good one. Very good. One. <laughs> That'll be fun. I sure hope so. Did I put too much sugar in my coffee? You tell me. Fuck. I put way too much sugar in my coffee. You need to cut that sugar out. I just took my first sip and realized I must have went, I must have went one and a half because I can, I can definitely notice it. Anyways. You know what today is? Uh, June 1st, you already said it, but yeah. June 1st. Yeah, rent day. Um, is it rent day? Rent day, cash flow day, pay your, pay your um, partner's day, <laughs> pay your lender's day. <laughs> oh. Pay your favorite mastermind facilitator day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what? We're going to have to do, I was about to say, it's also top fan draw day. Uh, we're we're going to do it tomorrow. Okay. Should, should I be completely honest on the live show? Gabby's like giving me a don't say it, don't do what it. What did you do? He looks very nervous. We never wrote down the names yesterday. I'll find I'll I'll access it. <laughs> it's not accessible right now. This is incredibly embarrassing. Okay. As long as it's accessible, we could do it tomorrow. I well I I need to I can I can find it, but not on the live show. Um so we're gonna have to do the draw tomorrow. That's terrible. <laughs> I just went to go see who were the top five people were the top five fans for uh it for resets. the show. And it resets on the first. I'm like crap. <laughs> Didn't write down the names yesterday. Good job. 
we will get them tomorrow. We'll get them later on today after the show, and then we'll do the draw tomorrow. But yes, every month when you join in and you engage, um, there's an accumulation on this on this live app. Of course, I'm talking about the live app. There's a there's an accumulation of hearts. It's kind of like the like button. Um, you, you click the like button, the hearts come up. Uh, but every time you do that, every time you click the heart, every time you share the show through the app, every time you call in, anytime you engage in the show, uh, it accumulates your hearts. And at the end of the month, um, we look to see who the, the top fan is, actually the top five, and then we do a draw um, based off of that. And we're giving away two free coaching calls. Mm -hmm. So um, that's valued at $500. So this, you know, this is a really a definitely want to join in. If you're looking for coaching calls, you're looking for one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, this is the place to, to, to win that. Um, as well, um, if you guys are looking for coaching calls, I don't have it in the show notes very often. I don't advertise it much, but if you ever do need coaching calls, um, actually I'll put it in the show notes on iTunes and Spotify. If you ever do need to book any coaching calls, you can book through my calendar and we can, uh, if you're looking for more of a one-on-one -on -one thing, but to be honest, I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it a million more times. Ask your questions here on the show. Yep. Okay. You don't need to book a $250 coaching call. You can ask them every morning. But if you want to and you need to and you need to talk strategy and you want it to be one-on-one, -on -one, then uh, just uh, email us info at reimorningshow.com uh, uh, and uh, we'll get you set up with that. I'm completely flustered. <laughs> I don't like messing up. Francis says something along the lines of, oh, no, I came here for the draw. Oh, God. <laughs> Francis, you're here every morning. <laughs> Dear God. Um, <clears throat> Jeremy says it's also mortgage day today, too, um, for a lot of people. A lot of people pay their mortgage day on the first or their mortgage payments on the first. I love getting the mortgage payment instead of paying it. I love getting the mortgage payment instead of paying. Okay, got it. I understand. I read it wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Chris says Kirsten was first Francis was second couldn't tell you the third <laughs> Kathleen Elray and and uh, is Chris in there? yeah anyways. pardon me we'll figure it out tomorrow <clears throat> Yeah, I'll get that all figured out. Or, right? well, later today, when we end the show, you'll figure it out. Yeah, And we'll absolutely. draw tomorrow. Um, well, what we'll do, because I completely messed all this up. I was actually going to fill, um, we got some leftover questions from yesterday. I'll just check in on that real quickly here. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> actually, we didn't really. Um, I know that Josh asked some at the end. Yeah. Those were some good questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there was only... Yeah, we did get to the bottom, but then some questions flooded in right before the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I got her all caught up, I think. Um, but there's 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 two or three left. But I want to talk about uh, what we got going on. because um, Sounds good. Uh, we talked a lot about um, questions yesterday. I had... Yeah. I like questions. I ask for questions. But um, when an episode is full of 20 questions... R random questions instead of kind of it being on a on a specific one topic, topic you know what i mean i want to make sure that uh, otherwise it just turns into like a it's what you want yeah no no i understand um no that's on me that's on me and the producer 
But anyways, um, I was just going to catch you guys up on what's going on because uh, obviously we got the Friday left training um, this Friday. On Saturday, we got the bus tour, yes. uh, the fix and flip bus tour. That is all done now. We can't take anyone else on. Um, it seems like whenever I put a post out and says, hey, last chance, everybody floods in. Less yeah, got a bunch, didn't we? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, you and I happened to go out on uh, a Monday. We did a little field trip. Mm-hmm. Um, checking on some properties and stuff. Yeah. Um, first things first, we went down to uh, our St. Albert Loyola um, flip. Yeah. Um, so that one, the pictures were being done on Monday that afternoon. Evening, yeah. And uh, looks great. Yeah, it does. We had to uh, because the glass install <laughs> was on uh, was on Friday. We found out on Friday that um, we can't we can't touch the glass for seventy two hours, and we needed to clean it and get some of the um, tile dust um, out of the shower and stuff. So yeah, we had to go do that before the pictures were done. So yeah, we went up there and. I uh, cleaned up the shower and brought the broom for any dust that settled at the property and some cloths and wiped a few walls where we saw some fingerprints and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, got her all ready for pictures. Um, did also bring a few little soft staging items. We, um, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was literally my brain just going what is going on with like us this right morning? did you see my eyes just kind of like gloss yeah. over yeah. <laughs> staring like, at you i'm totally feeling like... it myself we need to go to bed early i don't even know what i was this is it's... the first time in like hundreds of shows that we've actually just been like just not on it you went and did soft staging soft staging thank yeah. you i was like i don't even know what i was talking about <laughs> soft staging yeah we put some items in did some soft staging um darn stranger things we can't help ourselves. We're, we're like binge oh, watching Stranger Things and stayed up too late the last two nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, we did that. <laughs> yeah. Tidied up the house. Photographer came in the afternoon. Yeah. Threw a welcome basket out there uh, as much as we can. I mean, in hindsight, <clears throat> we're kind of second guessing it now and second guessing ourselves. We should have staged it. Oh, that's what I was saying. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. Just totally didn't know. Yeah. It's a It's a big property so like when you have like a little townhouse it's just like ah, oh, whatever it's you know just the, all these series of small rooms you don't really need to stage it we put some soft staging up and looked great in the townhouses that we did this is a big house it's you know like three thousand square feet of finished living space so when it's just empty it's just big and empty <laughs> so yeah. it would have we in hindsight <coughs> should have staged it we talked about it but then just life is busy and we never really made a decision or or looked into it and organized it so we decided to do um virtual staging instead yeah and And yeah and we're like oh it's okay we'll virtual stage it doesn't matter the pictures will kind of be staged but yeah when you walk in there it's it's big and empty and you know what's actually the reason why we're all like second guessing it now is because um the market has seemed to take an arrest um, it was rising, rising, rising. Everybody's like, oh my God, you're going to do so well in this house. Like there's so much demand. And then spring market came in and now we're, you know, transitioning from spring to summer. And just so, you know, there's the demand is still there. Yep. The, 
buyer's demand is still there. However, the the inventory has increased. Yeah. So lots more choice. There's lots more choices. It hasn't quite met the demand yet. There's still multiples going on, but not nearly as crazy as what it was three weeks ago. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like I said, like I've been saying, you got to keep your finger on the pulse. So that's kind of the, the, what's going on right now. So <clears throat> our thoughts have just like, ah, screw it. We'll just get an unconditional offer on the first day. Um, that was our mentality. Uh, now it's like crap. Um, virtual staging will give everybody an idea of like, you know, when, when it comes into their email, you know, when their realtor send, you know, sets them up with a search and the buyers get the, the email come through of the new property, they're going to want to see it. Mm -hmm. But when they walk in, it's just like, there's, are they going to get that feeling? It's flooring and paint for about 10 steps before you find something that, that kind of attracts you like a nice railing or a kitchen or you know, a fireplace with a feature wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you just kind of, you need something, I don't know. It seems, it seems, it's empty. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say um, because at, at, I, I, I walk through it almost as I try and walk through it as if I'm a, I'm a buyer and it seems very basic to me though. There's nice features. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that it's so big and the features are so spread apart. Yeah. It seems basic and I have to walk to each feature. So I, it's, but I'm also extremely you know, critical and I, yes, I want to make sure it's right. Staging that would have been very expensive. I know that staging is in the thousands of dollars on a big house like that. It probably would have been significantly more. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, typically, you only get the staging for, well, that's actually something I never really considered. Normally, you only get the staging for like a, a, a certain amount of days. They get it all set up as a setup fee, and then you keep it for, I don't know, three, four, five, seven days. And then they take it out. And then you can pay like a reduced amount to have it stay there. I thought it was a month, but am I out to lunch? <clears throat> I Ooh. feel like it was like a week. Who has staged I- before? We haven't. We've looked into it, but we've never actually done it. Um. The reason why I have that in mind where I was saying that was because like, especially in this market, it should be, we should have an accepted offer within seven days, right? What's very likely going to happen is, you know, we're going to list it on a a day in the middle of the week, which it sounds like it's probably going to be Thursday. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be submit, we'll be reviewing offers on Monday. So we'll have an open house in the weekend. Everybody can come through the fix and flip bus tour is going to be coming through on Saturday as well. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday we'll review the offers and, and choose one. That's, that's the plan. Um, so we wouldn't really need staging for any longer than that. I feel optimistic that we'll get an offer that we'd like within the first yeah. seven days. I have no clue. I try not to get my hopes up. You never know what's going to happen, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. It'll be good, though. I, I absolutely love the property. I love um, everything that we've done with it. I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, so yeah, optimism is good and we'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. What did we do after that? After Loyola? Oh, we had a um, move out inspection on Monday as well that we um, hired somebody to do for us. And um, it's funny because she's been there for many years. Um, 
I can't remember. We did the math. It was like four or five years. And we're talking about the World Court one. Yeah. And we back then, which four or five years doesn't seem like that long ago, but I guess, you know, processes and procedures change quite a bit <laughs> pretty quickly. So I had one of the old carbon copy move in, move out inspections. Like I used to just buy them from the Alberta landlord tenant board. They like you could you could purchase documents off their website back when I don't know, maybe you still can. But um, it was like one of those huge, like folded, like it's bigger than legal size um, documents, and then it's carbon copied. So I like went to get her, um, the person that we hired to do the move out, I went to go send her the inspection. And I'm like, where is it? It's not in my in my OneDrive. It's like, oh my God, we're like, where's the move in inspection and started freaking out. And I actually had to go into um, my my banker boxes in the closet of my office and pull out the tenant file, which I don't even have physical tenant files anymore. Everything yeah. is digital. So I like pulled out her old tenant <laughs> file and was like digging through it. And it was like one of those old carbon copy um copies. And I was yeah. like, what is this? I like forgot that they even existed. So I could have tried to scan it and like make it a different size, but we were in a hurry to get out of the house. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to start messing around with it. So yeah. um, we went and dropped it off for her to do the move out inspection that afternoon, which is funny. <clears throat> but yeah, so we had that going on as well. I apologize for constantly clearing my throat in your ear. It's, uh, I don't know if you guys. What happened? Um, well, just the morning happened. I'm, I'm sure that everybody on the other side of this um podcast is doing the exact same thing first thing in the morning it's like <clears throat> trying to get all the you know what i mean yeah um when you're talking for this much this early it just seems to be bugging me more than more than usual i've been listening to the podcast quite a bit lately and i know that you had a bit of a cough last week the kid had a bit of a cough yeah and just as i'm listening to the the previous episodes that i'm editing it's like all i can hear is coughing in the background I'm like oh god this sounds terrible but uh you know real life i i wish i wish i could stop i wish um my kid um, didn't but, get sick. <laughs> didn't get sick, but uh, at the same time, um, it's it. It is what it is. You know, we we do our podcast every morning, and our our kid uh, would we'd love for her to be you know to stay in her room or stay sleeping, uh, but no, she insists on getting up early with us and joining us, and she lays down on the floor next to our our little studio and just kind of plays on her phone. So. Um, if you ever hear her sneezing or coughing in the background, that's what's going on. Um, family business, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to try and limit clearing my throat in your ear. I do apologize. Uh, we talked about that, uh, that property there, the, the tenant stayed for five years. I don't want to get too far into it. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, I'll make a note of it, but that one there was actually a rent to own originally. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a long-term rent to own, um, Yes, I know. Long-term rental. What does that mean? Um, we had a we had a, a unique approach strategy um, that we were using. What ended up happening was um, it wasn't that the tenant buyer failed. Uh, the tenant buyer just came to the conclusion that this house wasn't going to be right for her because she was dealing with some some medical stuff. <clears throat> um, there's lots of hip issues yeah. There's lots issues. of stairs in the townhouse, and um, and yeah, she has a, a hip and knee issue. That was becoming increasingly difficult. Yeah, so we ended up coming to um, to an agreement, uh, you know, because we had based our whole strategy and plan on that property around that, and um, we just came to an agreement that she would stay for a certain amount of time, 
Um, she would continue paying the same payments and, um, and it concluded and everybody was in agreement and everybody was happy. So it was really good. Um, though, though the, the rent to own program, you know, was not a success. Um, it ended amicably. Oh my God. She's yeah. She's been sending me messages, like thanking us profusely for being such amazing landlords and giving her such a nice space to live and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it always doesn't, it doesn't always work out. Um, but at the same time, if you treat people with respect and, and you, and you, you work together to, to, to find something that works for both parties, it, it'll end well. Uh, most people think that a rent to own, you know, it ends, you know, what, what's the success rate? Because if, if it doesn't succeed, then it's just going to be terrible and they're going to trash the place. No, if you're a good yeah. person and, and you work with good people, then yeah. it just ends nicely. And now we've, um, <clears throat> since then, actually on the same day, we, we secured a new tenant. Yes. And we increased the rent by like 200 bucks. Yes. Or something. It was ridiculous. Like the rent is significantly higher than what it was like a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just luck of lack of inventory, lack of rental inventory on the market in the West End um, that I was able to do that. But that's why you do your market research every time you have a vacancy <laughs> or, uh, you know, renewal or whatever. Because, yeah, like a, and I know that um, Annette, I don't know if Annette's in here, Annette and Bradley, but um, they just finished a burr on a townhouse in the West End and uh, rented it out for quite a bit more than what they had expected they'd be able to. So I think specifically in the West End, there's a lack of three bedroom inventory, mm -hmm. um, you know, a apartment, townhouse, single family house, like there's just nothing out there. And I don't know, that can change quickly. So it may be different today than it was two weeks ago. But yeah, I didn't have any, like I, what I first put it up a little bit like steep than I should have. Um, and I did get responses, but just none that I was kind of like happy to move forward with. We did have a couple viewings from that, but then I did, um, drop it as we approached the first of June as we we're getting closer. I dropped it a little bit, like I'm talking like 25 bucks yeah. and yeah, um, lots of response, a couple more good viewings and got it filled. That's I think awesome. that, I think that I only paid for maybe four viewings cause we pay somebody to do our viewings for us. I think she only went in like for four viewings, like literally four people and secured a tenant so yeah not I, bad and if you recall this is the place that i totally forgot to even advertise until like may 15th <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's been two weeks <laughs> and we secured somebody they're they're moving in um not today they're moving in uh june 15th so we have a 15-day vacancy which is awesome i'm great with that considering yeah. i forgot to advertise until may 15th <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah it's um there's there's a point to be made there it, you know when people are talking about affordability for property management um they get their property they start running or they you know they're thinking about a property they're thinking about their cash flow managements and how much do i set aside for reserves of you know um, vacancies and, and repairs and maintenance and god how do i afford property management well what you can do instead of hiring a property management company if you prefer to be a little more hands-on but you also don't have that much time um you can advertise through, say you've got a little bit of time, but you don't have enough time to say, drop everything you're doing to go do a random showing, okay, rental showing. What you can do is you can advertise, you can put up the ads on wherever you're, you know, posting your ads, run faster, Facebook and stuff. And then you can hire someone to do your showings for you. All right. 
and just pay them a flat fee to show up, maybe an hourly rate or, mm-hmm. or per showing. I mean, if you're strategic, you can try and get two or three showings um, at the same time within an hour. So that way you're getting your best bang for your buck. And that person shows up for the hour, you pay them whatever it is, 30, 40, $50. <clears throat> and then they show the units and, and, and hopefully you secure one. Um, you know, you can, you can follow up with the, with the prospect and ask if they liked it. If they do, you send them the application through some sort of a, you know, um, you can have it digital or, or you can send them a, whichever, just something to fill out. And then, uh, you can coordinate all of that and you know, the, the whole screening process yourself, but you know, right there, say 50 bucks and, um, and you know, you paid for your showings. How many showings do we have? Four. So maybe, maybe 200 bucks max. Yeah. That's uh, significantly better than than one month of rent, you know, that a property management company is going to charge you or, you know, 10 to 15% a month, you know, yeah. um, of your rent. So it's just something different that you can, um, if you want to keep costs down and you're, and you're willing to do a little bit of the work yourself, but not all of it, <clears throat> it's not a terrible idea. Yeah. I would say that between the four individual viewings um, that she did as well as um the move out inspection that yeah maybe i'll get a bill for two to three hundred bucks yeah which is awesome <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely i'll probably even get her to do the move-in inspection with the other tenants as well mm-hmm. um depending what's going on i um, mean i haven't met them so it would be nice to meet them but yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um and i want to stay on the topic but just a quick little i, I stand for a quick little question here between um between that stuff there, uh, someone was asking about how we got the smoke, uh, stains out of the walls in one of our flips, mm-hmm. um, the, like the yellow walls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually Josh actually is in the comments here and he answered it because Josh is on site there. Josh is our, our partner on that Leduc flip where the, where the walls were all yellow. Um, and he said, we used kills primer, uh, K I L Z primer after scrubbing the walls down first. So you kind of have to yeah. give it a good scrub first and then, uh, then use kills primer, uh, multiple coats, uh, of kills, uh, before fresh paint. Yeah. And does the job. Yeah. Super simple and easy and not time consuming. Yeah. I think that I can't remember exactly what, um, Josh used, but I know that I was helping him do some research on what to scrub it with. And I think it was like a, a vinegar and like, baking soda solution or something like that. Yeah. Like something super simple that like everybody has in their, in their houses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a, and, and Josh, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you guys like sat there like scrubbing the walls for like hours upon hours. It was probably more of like a wipe, like just, just go through off. a wipe. Um, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but wow. it seems like a, a fairly quick process that, um, you know, wash them. And then, I mean, painting, like painting, anybody who's painted, like painting a room doesn't take a long time to do, you know, several coats by the time you're around the room once, it's basically good enough to to go again. So, yeah, I think that um, Chris had asked if um, it would be quicker or easier to remove the drywall and replace it. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be very, uh, not only time, but cost um, expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Cause once, once you're talking about new drywall, like there's a lot of, um, not only putting it up and the expense of the drywall, but then, um, and transportation of it, but then there's the mudding and taping over several days cause you yeah. need to do several, co- um, coats. Yeah. It's yeah. It's pretty costly. Yeah. 
um, significantly easier if you can just uh, repair the walls and then, um, like I said, prime and paint. And as for the ceiling, the ceiling, same thing. You just use the same kills primer. And then um, you can re-spray uh, the... Um, texture. Texture. Yeah, but in this case, we put no drywall over top of the um, the existing. Well, that's because our the, the, the ceiling was completely... Yeah, we had all these crazy moldings and stuff attached. So it was... There was no mold, salvaging. Moldings. But yeah, moldings. Yeah. Um, um, there was no salvaging it. It would have either had to be torn out or, yeah, a new... Yeah, significantly easier just to do that. Mm -hmm. um, Francis had also asked how much does it cost to stage. Um, I've seen varying, uh, lots of different quotes come through. It depends on the company. The number that I had in my head for a very long time was th somewhere in the $3,000 range mm -hmm. uh, for a normal size house. And the, the amount of days I had in my head was was less than 10. Um, I had a single digit number and in, in somewhere in the 3,000. That's the number in my head because we had quoted it out ages ago. Um, when we were thinking about doing it for a sale and, uh, it just didn't seem worth it for that price range. Um, though I do believe it does increase, um, uh, desirability. It increases desirability and decreases days on market. Mm -hmm. Um, literally like when you have it like set up beautifully so that somebody can walk in and imagine it. A lot of people can't see. Yeah. They can't see where their furniture would go and how the setup would work. And they hum and haw about, you know, if their sectional is going to fit there and that sort of thing. Whereas if you just have stuff there and they can see, oh my gosh, this is, this is beautiful. This is how we'd set it up. Then yeah, it's a no brainer. It's an easy mm -hmm. decision. Um, we, that, that Monday was very busy. I, I had a list of pretty much like the whole day that we went, like all the things that we went out and did. We also went, um, we also stopped in Otwell. I don't know if you guys have been following us on social. We haven't posted too, too much, but um, uh, renovation started over at our Otwell flip last week. Um, lots of progress already. It's all torn up and demoed. Um, every, kitchen's all out. The walls are all ready to go. And, and like the railing is out and everything. It's just a big open canvas right yeah, now. They framed in a fireplace feature. Yep, a feature wall with a fireplace. Um, we're just, at this particular point, we're just kind of doing a little bit of, now we're on prep. So demo's done. There was a lot of garbage in there. Mm -hmm. Told the seller, don't worry, let us leave the garbage. It's okay, we'll take care of it. Um, I thought maybe, you know, a couple boxes. No, he <laughs> left the whole fucking house. I mean, we're talking about like purses and a giant big screen TV, but not like a big screen, a flat screen big screen TV. I'm talking about like the big box um uh, a couch um just a fridge that in the like just oh man um not a fridge in the in the kitchen i mean like a fridge in the garage like the garage was full as well i felt bad for the guys that had to clear out all that shit yeah they're getting um, paid to do it true but still i mean you know they're they're professionals so you know um obviously they take a little more pride in in finishing work as opposed to <laughs> throwing out people's old garbage but um, no, no treasures on that one. Um, no. We were there and we were you know, sifting through, seeing if we can find something. Saw a couple purses, checked the zippers to see if there's any old cash or jewelry or anything in there. Obviously, I think if anything like that, I probably would have given it back to the seller. Seller was a really nice guy. He just went yeah. through some rough times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you kind of expect kind of like, you know, the LeDuc flip, how we found like the old stamp collection. That was cool. Mm -hmm. So you're always looking for like that good find. Found a keyboard. 
like a musical keyboard. Mm -hmm. That one I didn't see. <sighs> Found some old uh, VHS tapes. Um, home videos. <laughs> home videos from the 1990s. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't check to see if they were as labeled. Um, maybe they, they were kind of hidden away in like, you know, old boxes and stuff like that. So it's hard to say. Um, I know where your mind's going, Gabby. All home video VHS tapes. Oh, I'm just thinking that might have been something he would have wanted back. No, not Wayne. <laughs> oh my God. You mean Girls Gone Wild 93? Cut the 93? show. Cut the show. Girls Gone Wild 93? <laughs> It was different times, Gabby. It was different times. All right. <clears throat> they didn't have the internet back then. Okay. Ever stop and think about that? Yes. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we went through that house. Um, no treasures. Um, we've uh, we've now. I think we've kind of got it all figured out. Like we're, like I said, we're in the prep stages right now. So we're working with uh, ready to go construction. Um, boys, they were awesome. And um, we've just been chatting back and forth in the group chat. Um, just trying to figure out what the plan is. Um, yesterday we were talking about lighting fixtures and placement, that kind of stuff and um, layout for kitchen. Um, you know, what walls can we open? What walls can't we open? How much is it going to cost to open that one? Um, just going over the, pros and cons of everything <clears throat> we're planning on building a garage at that uh at that location as well we got some big hefty trees mm -hmm. big hefty trees we got to remove first which is um unfortunate you always want to like trees are nice right mm -hmm. it's yeah. it adds to the maturity of the the property in the neighborhood um but these are just monstrous trees and uh it's gonna be a little bit of money to get rid of them but you know once we get rid of the big one in the front and the, the really monstrous ones in the backyard, it's going to create a lot of open space. It's going to make the front curb appeal significantly better. It's going to make the, the it easier to build a garage in the backyard. Mm -hmm. um, this one's got a single attached garage, and then we're going to add a double in the back. So it'd be three, you know, almost like a three-car three garage. Car, yeah. Um, so we're excited about that. Um, yeah, that's that one should be done probably within eight weeks. Um, they are just motoring. Yeah. Doing really good. Um, and then as well, um, last week on Thursday, we took possession of another property. Um, we hadn't been there since we got it cause we went straight to our cabin retreat on, um, on Friday. And so we went and, uh, we got the key from Calvin over the weekend and at the cabin retreat. And then we uh, brought a lockbox and the, yeah. the key over there, took a peek, took a peek at it. Um, it's interesting, you know, sometimes we go see properties and we just kind of look at them really quickly and we're like, okay, yeah, write an offer. Um, I went back again. I'm like, okay, I missed that. I missed that. I missed that. Okay. What are we going to about this? Do we keep the, do we keep the sunroom in the back? That's something I wanted to talk to you about. Are we keeping the sunroom? Yeah. You tear that out. Yeah. I need to deal with a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, if you tear out the sunroom, then obviously, you know, the stucco on the back of the house mm -hmm. is all damaged and then you got to do stucco work. I'm like, oh. Then you got to paint it because it's mm -hmm. patchy. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'll be interesting. Cause it's like, I think it'll be like a gardener's dream. Cause that's like perfect spot, like almost greenhouse ish. And then got a nice big backyard garden and yeah, fruit trees. And it is an extra hundred square feet. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's an extra hundred square feet of, of, of covered space. Um, it's just like extra cost. Like how much do you spend on inside there? It's, it's, it was done. Okay. But if you're going to, you know, if you've got this really amazing, you know, renovated space inside and then you go outside the back door and it's like, mm, you know what I mean? Like how much, and there's a broken window on one of them, but it's kind of taped over. I'm like, do I replace that window? No. Then I got to replace all the other windows. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do you stop? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, otherwise, I mean, pretty straightforward renovation. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah, so that one there will actually be starting probably next week. And then the other one in Sherwood Park that we picked up that's been sitting there vacant, that'll get started hopefully next week as well. Yeah. Um, which leads me to my question from uh, uh, Tammy. She said, uh, how do you flip so many properties at once with the cap on residential mortgages? Uh, do you get your joint venture partners to put the mortgages under their names? Um, we don't deal with normal conventional lenders on flips. Private lending. Uh, we use private lenders. Um, private lenders don't care about a cap as long as you have the money to um, to finance the renovations. Yeah. So with private lenders, typically it's a higher interest rate for short-term lending. Um, probably looking somewhere between 10 and 15% interest. Um, I know that sounds crazy, but keep in mind that's a yearly rate and not a, not a one-time rate. So you're going to pay... Um, say it's 12% yearly, that means you're going to be paying 1% per month. Yeah. Right. It's the easiest way to approach it or look at it. Um, so you only, you only pay for as, as you know, the interest for as long as you use it. Yeah. Which hopefully you're in and out in four months. Yeah. By the time you finish your renovation and sell it and the other people take possession. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think about it that way, you're you're going to pay four percent, right? One percent per month times four months. Yeah, that means you're probably going to pay about four percent on the borrowed money. Three hundred thousand dollars, you're going to pay twelve thousand dollars. Hopefully that makes sense and it kind of clears that yeah. up. Um, you just work it into the renovation budget. If it yeah, yeah, if your numbers work, then great. Would a residential mortgage be significantly cheaper? Yes. yes. <laughs> Problem is, is that you know you can do it. I think it's okay. It's oh, I'm going to use the word okay or fine to do on a one-off. If you're doing one flip a year, go for it. Go use Scotia, go use TD, whichever. Go use a conventional lender. Get an open and uh, adjustable. Don't do not do that to me. Variable mortgage, um, where it's only three months um, worth of, uh, uh, three months interest for, for your penalty for paying it out early. And that there at a nice low three or 4% is going to be significantly cheaper than paying, you know, 15% yearly. Um, But if you're doing it on a regular basis and you keep, you know, calling up CIBC and getting a variable mortgage and then selling it within four months and calling them again and selling it within four months, they're not going to like it very much because they're basing all their calculations of profit off of you actually fulfilling your total term. Um, they're not, a, you know, you're saying when you're applying, you're saying that this is going to be a rental. Um, you're saying that they're an basing property, your, yeah. what? an income property. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're actually qualifying you based off of the market rent of that property, assuming that you're going to be renting it and then you renovate it and then sell it. So if you're doing that on a regular basis, they're, they're not going to like that very much. And you're going to get, you're going to get red flagged, um, or blacklisted from that. So. Again, if you're doing it one off, you know, here and there, then it's fine. But if you're doing multiples, then it's it's better to do it the right way and 
and just get a private um, private mortgage. Um, Way less hassle, my goodness. That's that's the other thing. Yeah, you can close quickly. Like a, a residential mortgage takes forever. Like not only the qualifying, but then like waiting for everything to go through and transfer of the money. Like it takes you know, a lawyer longer. It's like you're at least like a month before you can can close and and do all that. Whereas this, like, you can get financing approved in like a day or two with private, yeah. and and close within the week or yeah. less if you need to. Especially with flips, you need <clears throat> to move fast. And um, that's just like Gabby said a minute ago, you just factor it into the, the, the budget and just make sure that your um, that your budget can account for, you know, 12, 10 to $15,000 worth of interest charges for borrowing costs. Yeah. Um, there's some really good products out there, really good lenders um, that you can use. We've talked about them lots in the podcast. Um, yeah. I think this is a, a great segue into Josh's question from yesterday. Um, for sure. For sure. Let me just, uh, mark where we are and, um, and I'll just pull that up here. Um, yeah, Josh had a great question yesterday. He said, why did you put a mortgage on this Leduc house? So he's referring to the house that we're flipping in Leduc. What type of mortgage or loan did you use? Um, why? And I need to learn, okay, more about short-term lending options. Oh yeah. Perfect segue. Yeah. And, and the, there was a kind of a follow-up comment to that question. If you had bought it cash, because we did, we had to close yeah. that property within 15 hours. Yeah. If you bought it cash, why use a loan and pay interest? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I think that the, I think that the first, the second part of that question is actually kind of like where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, we did close on it with cash. And so he, in his mind, he's like, why did you, if you had the cash to buy it, why would you put a mortgage on it and pay interest on it? Mm-hmm. But how much do we uh, pay for that house again? 250, 250? Yeah. So we had, we gave $250 briefcase, $250,000 briefcase of cash. I'm just kidding. A bank draft um, to pay for that house out of our bank account. Plus renovation money. Plus renovation money. Plus our um, other flips are going on. Keep in mind. Yeah. So that would, if, if we did not put a mortgage on that, that $250,000 would just be tied up for three, four months, four, maybe four and a half. And we literally would have like, so like if you think about if we put a mortgage on that, we could then take that $250,000 back and go buy other houses and pay for other renovations. So it's, I guess, the power of leverage. Exactly. (laughs) Liquidity is is really important because if a a really great opportunity comes up, you want to make sure that you have cash on hand. You also want to make sure that you're not over leveraged as well. You're not stretching yourself too thin where you don't have any cash on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 obviously it, it's a personal thing too, Josh, you know, it's, um, it's money management from our, you know, money sources. So we obviously, we made decisions that were, that were, um, specific to our needs mm-hmm. and, and our finances, um, can't say that it would apply to everyone else. In most cases, everyone else is like, I don't have that kind of cash on hand. So to, to be able to buy properties all cash. So, um, most people are going to use financing, but for us, it just, the reason why we did it quickly at why we used cash originally was because it needed to be done fast. There was no way that we were going to be able to get financing within 15 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to buy with cash. Do I like using all cash to buy properties? No, no, I don't. In some cases, if we have, um, if we have an excess in cash, then yes, you know, we can, we can, I'd rather have it sitting there um, you know, 
essentially getting us a 15% return, right? Yeah. Or 12% return because we're not using a mortgage. Um, you know, we can get a 12% return on that money as opposed to just sitting in a bank account. But that's just that's just money management. And, and we have other sources of investments as well through different businesses. So um, we want to make sure that we keep our money liquid um, in for that as well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that kind of answers your question. It is, I, I honestly, the answer is, is kind of personal. Um, just our, our personal spending um, and, uh, and money management. Um, but, you know. Not like it's personal, don't ask. Like it's just it's personal, personal to our situation. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just personal. It's just personal decisions. Um, we looked at it and we were determining whether to keep it like that or not. Um, I don't like, I like our money moving on a regular yeah. basis. That's a big portion of why we're doing flipping. It's, it's short term. Um, we're able to turn that money over and over and over again. Um, however, I don't like it locked up for too long. And then, I mean, if I, let's say, for example, I'll give you an example. If I needed the access to those funds within two months, would I put a mortgage on and then sell the property within two months after that or one month after that? You know what I mean? Like all the fees and everything else you got to pay seems kind of un, seems kind of useless to put a mortgage on it for a month and a half to two months and then to yeah. pay all the legal fees and everything else. So. And usually private lending has a minimum of mm-hmm. like three, months, three interest. months interest or, I mean, it depends who you're working with, but that's pretty standard that yeah. you would need to pay at least three months interest. Um, yeah. And just like, and, and just to kind of close that out, you know, like if we had just kept that money there, we, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think we would have been able to go and buy four more houses after that, which we did because yeah. we, we qualified for four more private money private well, loans but yeah but at the grand scheme of things they're they're looking at like renovation money for all four of those renovations plus you know whatever down payment you're putting into all four of those those houses yeah. so that money is pretty important you know having a chunk of of $250,000 helps in that qualifying <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely um there was another follow-up question from yesterday as well. Jessica was asking about, um, I can't remember what Jessica was asking about, but she had a follow-up question to it. And um, it was in regards to, I'm trying to remember the context of it, but she had said, could the seller, if it's someone you know, gift you the equity? I think we were talking, we were talking about no down payments. Is there a yeah. way to do, uh, to buy property? If you bought no it under, under value. If you bought yeah. it under value, is eighty percent loan to value? Would you be able to get away with not doing a down payment? And the answer was no. Um, and the follow up is: Could the seller, if could the seller, if it's someone you know, gift you the equity, no down payments? Uh, yes. Um, if they are gifting you one hundred percent of the equity. Um, so there are rules with. Um, what, what, what that's called is a vendor take back mortgage, whereas the seller is going to, um, is going to give you the proceeds of the sale back in the form of a mortgage. Um, don't go too far into VTBs today because it just take a little more explanation and you might want to take a course as well. Um, where the seller would say, you know, write up a, a mortgage saying that they will, instead of you having to go get financing for yourself, um, we will in turn, give you a take back mortgage at, you know, here's the amortization, here's the term, here's the interest rate, here's the monthly payments, etc. 
Um, the reason why I say the full amount, and, and this can get a little complicated and debated, but um, most, if not all, and I know that Cheryl talked about this this weekend, most lenders will not allow um, you to borrow the down payment. Okay, so if you're thinking they can just gift me the 20% down, or they can give me a, the seller can give me a vendor take back mortgage um, for the 20%, and then I'll just go to RBC and get the other 80%. Well, mm-hmm. RBC and most conventional lenders want to see that you came with the 20%. They want to know that you have skin in the game and that you're not over leveraged. Right. Okay. So you wouldn't be able to do that unless, of course, the someone that you know is, say, a family member and they were gifting you the down payments um, with a gift letter. Now, can you do that on, on rental properties? I don't quite recall. I don't think you can. I think you can only do it on resident on your primary residence. Yeah. I'd have to double check on that. I don't claim to be a mortgage expert. I have a no. really good mortgage broker and she gives me all the answers. Yeah. And though I'm 85% sure, I'm not going to say it's fact if I don't, if I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. And rules freaking change all every the time. other week. Yeah. I'm tired of trying to keep up with mortgage rules. And you guys don't try to. That's not like that's why you have a power team. Like don't consume your head with all of the rules of all the different mortgage products. Like yeah. that's that's bull crap. Like focus on what your strategy is going to be and get the team in place to help you get the mortgage that will be good exactly. for you. Exactly. I I mean um Cheryl came out to our cabin retreat this past weekend and she was um she was talking about things I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Even I was shocked. Yeah, said, when did that change? <laughs> when did that change? They do that now? I don't yeah. even remember what it was, but it was something it was something crazy. Um oh. Uh Scotia um steps you can do on um primary oh. five like uh CMHC insured mortgages now. So with Scotia, uh they have a step mortgage, which is like a readvanceable mortgage. Um normally you would need, you know, uh more than twenty percent equity or you know, minimum uh, 80% loan to value, maximum, I guess, um, before you can apply for their readvanceable mortgage. You can refinance it and apply for um, their steps mortgage. And then um, any any equity that you have above the 20% equity, um, it automatically, like every time you make a payment uh, onto your mortgage, let's say it's a $1,000 payment, $500 goes to principal, $500 goes to interest. Every time you make a mortgage payment, that $500 of principal automatically is accessible in your home equity line of credit mm-hmm. immediately. So um, by the end of the year, you've got $6,000 in your home equity line of credit you can access. Like just you just go and click on it, pull it out, done. And you, you know, it's, it's uh, it gets added up. It's at a nice low interest rate on mm-hmm. your HELOC. Whereas normally you'd need to refinance, right? And to get a new HELOC and it would be a fixed amount of $6,000. And you'd have to refinance and, and ask for an increase in HELOC every single time you wanted to, to get more. You'd have to call the bank, refinance, they'd do an appraisal. With this, it just continues to increase with every mortgage payment you make, which is really cool. Um, now, normally, you'd have to wait until you had, a, you know, you're at least 80% loan to value or you had at before least 20% equity yeah. before you can apply for it. What they're saying now is that if you're buying it as a primary residence, the CMHC 5% down mortgage, you can actually apply for it right then and there. Though you can't access any of that equity until you have at least 20%, you can apply for it from the beginning when you buy your home. 
And then once it does reach 20% equity, instantly it's activated it's activated yeah and you don't need so you to don't need to refinance you don't need to apply for anything like it's just boom there that's a fucking game changer yeah that is that's amazing <laughs> that's a like really cool yeah and i think that anyone who's buying a mortgage for scotia should definitely click that box yeah. the now, problem right now though with scotia what cheryl was saying is that their interest rates are not favorable oh don't shit on <laughs> scotia i don't need scotia's legal team coming after me <laughs> They know it. To think we were about to get Big Scotia money. <laughs> they just emailed me about sponsorships. Uh, we were, uh, big yeah. Scotia money was on its way. You want to know why the rates are up? It's because they're planning on, like, they, they put a big chunk of their budget, marketing budget, into the Real Estate Investing Morning Show, <laughs> and you just fucked it up. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Scotia. Mm -hmm. But the rates are up. Um, but that, you know what? Someone's going to listen to this show in three weeks or three months, and Scotia's going to have the best rates who knows i mean the, the, don't try and be a mortgage expert is the moral of the story today um shit changes every other week um we were talking about uh vtbs did i finish answering <laughs> that there uh anyways you can't you can't um you can't use a vtb for the 20 percent down payment that is required and then go to another bank and ask for 80 percent mortgage they want to make sure that you have skin in the game. So you need to come with those funds. Um, this is this is a rule that just came into effect uh, within the last five to 10 years. Because um, before you were able to. Um, again, with most lenders, I, I'm not going to say every lender because I don't know. With most lenders, that's the case. Also, um, but on the topic of that, if your seller could um, give you a VTB for the full amount of the mortgage. Say for example, you know, they they own the house outright and you're buying it off of them for $300,000. Um, normally you would have to transfer $300,000 over to them through your lawyer. They would receive the funds and then they'd transfer title into your name, right? Mm -hmm. And wherever you get that $300,000, whether it be from your cash or from a mortgage lender, whichever. Um, it, with a VTB, what they can do is instead of that, they would not receive the $300,000 cash. And then they would just give you a mortgage saying that you owe them $300,000 at 4% over 30 years with a $1,000 mortgage payment. And then they would register it. So they would transfer title into your name and then they would register their mortgage with you on title like a normal mortgage lender would. Mm -hmm. So that would be one way to... Um, quote unquote, gift the equity. Very long, long story. I'm going to see if I can rip through all these comments here today. Um, talking about the mortgage, potential mortgage interest rate increase today. We heard a lot about that. Sounds like it's happening. Enough people sound confident that uh, on the news that it is happening. So I, I maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, potentially 0.5 is what they're saying. Another big 0.5 jump. Um, Francis says hopefully 0.25, but she's just, just being Hoping. selfish. She just doesn't <laughs> want the rate to increase by 0.5. You know what? Just again, you know, make sure that you're, you're planning your, your, when you're buying rental properties, income properties that, you know, what would the interest rate be or what would my cash flow be if interest rates went up to this high? Right. Yeah. They've been saying this for years that you, 
shouldn't bank on, you know, the cash flow on a property at 1.7% interest because it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. It should, you know, even out to somewhere in the 4 to 5%. Yeah. And it's just normal, right? Yeah. And what if it goes to 9%? I mean, I think we'd all be screwed on cash flow. Um, doesn't matter where you are in the in the country, but you know, just it's 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 fun to play with numbers and 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 figure out your worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you're prepared. Definitely. <clears throat> um, wow, lots of talk about the rate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is anyone listening to us, or just no? They were just chatting amongst themselves. We were just background noise. <laughs> <laughs> We're still oh, okay, so um, Chris P um, stated he was asking that he was the one asking about the smoke cigarette stains, yeah. um, and he says I have a home that I'm negotiating with the homeowner, and all the walls are stained big time with ten plus years of smoking tenant. Yeah, um, Chris, this our, our Leduc clip was smoked in for decades. Like literally, the the original people who owned it had a smoking room in the basement um, that the husband made her smoke in. And then when he he, he vented it out, yeah, like like almost like a bathroom vent. And then when he passed, she was like, fuck it. I'm just, it's just me now. I'm going to smoke in the whole house. And then when she passed and it was um, passed along to her brother, then who was the the seller that we bought it from, then he was smoking in it. So this place literally for decades was smoked in and, and you would not know walking in today. So a little bit of kills, a little bit of scrub, a little bit of. Um, ozone generator and gone. Yeah. So don't let that hold you back if it's a smoked in house. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, the stinkier the better. Yeah. Stinkier the better because actually it's going to it's going to scare other people away when you know it's just a little bit of scrubbing and a couple coats of yeah primer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he also oh. said that uh, he found a safe uh, once at yeah. one of his properties that he couldn't open. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Cody said that he's looking into Calvert and it looks like they charge a 3% fee on top of the interest. Is that correct? Uh, yes. I can't remember if it's 3% or 2%. Uh, it varies 1.5 to 3, doesn't it? I can't recall. Yeah. If uh, Honestly, Cody, <clears throat> pick up the phone and call, call them. Like they are just amazing to talk through it all and how the scale works and why they, when they would charge different for, yeah. Yeah. They'll different answer. Types of loans. They'll yeah. answer. They're and, incredible um, to to deal with that's what everyone says like wow yeah. i should have called them sooner yeah like, should have just really gotten the phone with them earlier yeah they'll send you all the information you need they'll have a quick chat with you yes yeah. it's, it's um yeah we've been uh working pretty closely with them in the last little while here because uh i wanted to get an idea of what their what their services are all about and their business and and so far so good they've been fantastic yeah um and i think we just have one last question in uh, one minute left Wow, what? you're scrolling faster than I am. Yeah. So Amanda asks, what percent of your flip profits do you set aside for taxes? Um, hang on a second. Let me just get through this here. Um, what was the question again? What percentage of your flip profits do you set aside for taxes? Uh, I, I don't know. Gabby manages all that stuff. Uh, well, the s- simple question or the simple answer is that we don't. We're, we're running a flip business. It goes back into the business and, um, and we we continue and and we plan and all that kind of stuff so it but just goes back in and yeah but the bookkeeper and accountant do take care of all that stuff and 
talk to your accountant because are you running it through your personal? Are you running it through a corporation? Are you pulling any money out and paying yourself? Like all of those questions or all the answers to those questions matter on how you're going to be taxed. So um, don't don't listen to us. Go talk to your accountant. Our tax plan is completely different than your tax plan. Yeah. Okay. So how we are sheltering our profits and through our tax strategies and stuff like that is going to be completely different than yours. Um, we're running stuff through our personal, we're running stuff through our corporations. Um, yeah. you know, you may be running it just through your personal side. Uh, you might be have a corporation, but, um, how we're, our tax strategy is going to be completely different than yours. And, and to be honest, um, we talked about it with our accountant and I forgot all about it. Cause like, again, I don't, I'm not a tax expert. I know a little bit, I know enough to talk about taxes and, I can probably give you some decent advice, but you know, you got to have the right team and our accountant knows exactly what's going on. And um, he tells us what to do and how to plan properly. <laughs> and then as well, like same thing with our mortgage broker, you know, like when I, when I have a question, I call and see what's, what's going on that particular month. So yeah, um, yeah it really depends on how you are um, you're claiming your taxes. And whether you are in a flipping business as well, or whether you're just doing a flip, mm -hmm. hopefully that makes sense. Yep. Um, did we catch up on all the questions? Yeah. And we got all the questions done from yesterday. Nice. And oh, one last thing. Um, I really, really, really do want to help someone uh, buy their first property this week. Mm -hmm. And now we're at Wednesday, so you're running out of days. Okay. So hopefully these questions have, you know, provided you some value. Hopefully this provided you some clarity. Um, but if you, it's not too late. If you're still like, seriously, like if you're, if you're, if you're feeling a, a fuck it moment where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to buy a rental property this week, call in tomorrow. Okay. Ask the questions that you need to ask. And we will do our best in order to help you buy your first rental property this week. I'm serious. We'll do it. It is that simple. You remember, you know, those moments, Gabby, those moments where like, you know, you have an amazing opportunity and mm -hmm. you need a joint venture partner really fast and you need financing really fast. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you find it. <laughs> you, you almost, you, you find another gear. Got a super, yeah, superhuman. You got a little NOS uh, in the back seat there. You just like, you just open the valve up and suddenly, you know, you're almost like a different person. You know what I mean? You, you, it's, 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 it's quite an amazing feeling and it, of to, to, to see what's possible to, to see what you're capable of when you're determined. Uh, but you need to make a decision first to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm buying a property this week or I'm buying a property this month. Yeah. Uh, you need to make that decision first. You can't just half-ass it and be like, no. Oh, I sure hope that I find a joint venture yeah. partner soon. Hope they fall in my lap. No, you need to go and find it. You need to go and and get it. Yeah. Go into campaign mode. Exactly. So if that's something that you're interested in, please do join um, tomorrow or Friday. Get your questions in and, and we would love to help you with that. Yeah. Otherwise, we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Get outside today. Enjoy the weather. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.